This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Big Deck Energy. This episode, we're going to be talking about commanders that we're the most excited for from Baldur's Gate. Today, I have with me my friend Jake, uh, and I'll let him introduce himself. A uh, little short backstory, he's the one that got me into magic, and uh, I'll let him take it from here. Hey guys, uh, yeah, so a little bit about me. I've been playing magic since high school. Uh, me and my buddy have been, you know, friends since, like, daycare, so, like, we've known each other for <laughs> forever. And uh, one day, I had a co-worker um introduced me uh back into magic because i had taken a break from it and i told cody about it and i was like dude we got to get into this 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 is the thing this is going to become big and that was like four years ago uh, i think it was like five, five years ago five yeah because i think my son yeah i don't think i think he was just born maybe he was like one maybe and he's six now, so yeah, I think it was about five, almost five, six years ago. Yeah, and, and you know, I am super casual. I'll say that right now. Like, I'm so casual to the point where, like, I don't even, like, proactively go buy as many cards as Cody does. Cody's, like, super, like, he got way into it, and I'm like, wow. Wow, this is, this is getting, like, crazy, crazy. But yeah, that, that's just about me. I like playing stuff for flavor. I like playing stuff on, off the idea of like, you know, when you're playing Magic, you're a wizard, you're casting spells, what kind of wizard are you? That kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, you've done uh, what? You did Awaken the Blood Avatar, you've done the, the Lindy Curses. Um, what else have you done? Um, I done I done a artifact. Is it with? Um, oh yeah, you did uh, Sahili, Yeah, yeah, the, that blue red one. That was like your first commander deck. Yeah, yeah, that was my first one. I was trying to do. Um, I was trying to make an effective uh, mind, mind slaver, slaver loop. loop deck. Yeah, mind slaver loops. I remember that. Yeah, and I remember it, getting killed by my own toxic deluge. Oh yeah, that one. That that was a great moment because <laughs> I didn't realize that like we were still new into the whole commander thing and he was playing uh you were playing nickel nickel yeah Bulls. i was playing like uh like i mentioned in my last episode i was playing my nico bullis uh dread horde deck and i had toxic delusion there uh needless to say he mind slavered me and uh basically paid all my life and killed me yeah and he was he was so frustrated because he didn't know if you could do that so we looked up the rules and found out that you could in fact do that and ever since then mind slaver has been one of those cards that uh he he doesn't enjoy me playing very much, but <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, so for me, my commander that we're going to be talking about today uh, is the new. Uh, he I guess he's the new Mardu commander, Jan Jansen, Chaos Crafter. He's a legendary creature, gnome artificer. He costs a red, a white, and a black. He has haste, and he taps for sack and artifact. Creature, create two treasure tokens, or you can tap him, sacrifice a non-artifact, uh, non-creature artifact, and create two one-one colorless construct artifact creature tokens. Um, and I'm already playing Ozgear right now, which makes me almost want to basically swap this dude for Ozgear so I can add black to my deck, but keep Ozgear in the deck as like a secret commander. Because this dude's going to, he's basically a sack outlet on my commander, just kind of like Ozgear but it's also going to generate me treasure tokens and uh, artifact creatures. 
and like I just feel like he's got some crazy stuff. Like for instance, because he sacks stuff and you have to tap him to sack it. Like if you use something uh, like Thornbite Staff and just keep sacking creatures, every time a creature is put in your graveyard, it untaps Jan Jansen. So you could basically, depending on how many artifact creatures you have, essentially, uh, you could create infinite treasure tokens by keep sacking them over and over and over again. And I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we're in a treasure meta right now, honestly. Too many, too many cards are coming out. Like, I like it. I, I like the treasures, but at the same time, I feel like it's getting a little out of hand. Yeah, they just, uh, they just spoiled a new... Uh, removal for black. It's five. Oh and two yeah, black. yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, it's like uh, six uh, or six cost. It's um, five and two black. I think it's seven. It's pricey, but it, it's called like blood money. Uh, let me see. I just saw that here. Actually, oh yeah, right here. Blood money. Destroy all creatures for each non-token creature. Destroy this way. Create a tapped treasure token. Like five and two blacks. So a seven. That that's insane. That. Man, there's so much treasure stuff. Like, and imagine because it's creating tokens off it. So if you play this in any black green deck, basically, you're gonna have all the doubling effects. You're gonna have doubling season. Uh, uh, if you you play in a white deck and have anointed procession, like this alone would go in the Jan Jansen deck because in my Ozgear deck, I'm already running anointed procession. So I would just add that in, and now all of my tokens that I already make that are doubled. I'm now going to get double, so I kill six things. I'm getting 12 treasure, or no, I'm getting 24, no. Yeah, I'd be getting 12 treasure tokens off that. Sorry, I was reading Jan Jansen at the same time, thinking that he creates two treasure tokens. But no, I mean, that, like, alone, well, he creates two treasure tokens. Like, you're creating four for everything you sack with this dude. And Thornbite staff being on him, you're just going to, Man, the amount of treasure tokens you can make, you easily win with Revel and Riches with well, this guy. Especially with aristocratic decks, I feel like the potential to, you know, make a token copy, like a token creature copy generator, and just constantly get treasure tokens. The fact that you can have access to any color mana is, and in that amount in Commander is... I think we've talked about it quite frequently over the years is like how fast commander is getting like, it's just, it's, it's a format that used to be like, Oh yeah. Turn five play big stompy creature. Ooh. Ah, now it's like turn two or turn three. I make 14 treasure tokens and now I can like play anything in my deck, you know? Yeah. I mean the, just in the time that we've been playing, I, I saw, I've seen it go from like people are playing like the seven, six cost commanders that like, you're like, oh man, that dragon, like it's so cool, man. You're playing such a big dragon to like, like almost every commander these days is like a three cost commander. Like, look at so many of these new commanders that are coming out are three cost, three or four cost commanders that are coming out. And, uh, like, it's just gotten so, so much faster. And, uh, like, basically anything with this guy, but, but anything that Jan Jansen can abuse, uh, that anything that you, ha I'm, I'm looking for stuff that uh, has, like, die effects, basically, or creates tokens. Like, I want stuff that I can sack. Like, uh, I want, like, Thopter Assembly, like, um, Hangerback Walker, um, Hangerback Walker, especially because he's 2XX. And then, depending on how many 1-1 counters on, he, on him when he dies, you create that many Thopters. So you basically, you pay however much into him. You sack him, like, as soon as he comes out. Create that many more Thopters. And then Thornbite staffs on him. So you're creating, potentially, well, like, let's say on a good day, like, 10, uh, 20 treasure tokens off of sacking all those Thopters. Pretty ridiculous, like the amount of mana you could generate with this guy with something like Thornbite Staff or anything that basically untaps this guy reliably is going to make this guy broken. Well, especially when you, you know, considering the fact that it's Mardu and the amount of ramp that Mardu has is, is kind of, it's rather slow compared to other color combinations. Like I know, and that's what's crazy is like this dude's three cost. And then immediately you just start sacking things that have dice triggers like Mer Retriever or Solemn Simulacrum. Um, 
like chromatic star, Icker Wellspring, uh, Mycosynth Wellspring. And then on top of that, if you have Academy manufacturer out, like every time you generate, create a treasure token, you create a food, a clue, and a treasure token. So not only are you creating two treasure tokens, now you're creating two clues, two food, and two treasure tokens on top of that. <laughs> like it just value city. And then you have something like, uh, what is it? Clark clan ironworks where you can just sack an artifact for two colorless mana. And now you can just start sacking your clues and foods like all willy nilly to make colorless mana. And then like, if you have something like scrap heap where whenever an artifact's put into your graveyard, you gain a life. Like, and now you're just gaining a life too. Now you're, now you're gaining a life yeah. every time you sack a treasure, anytime you sack a clue or sack a food, uh, I mean, a food's already going to give you life just from sacking it. So now, now you're getting more life. And then it, it, on the more disgusting end, we have like Ujin's Nexus, where it, it basically, uh, when it's out, it prevents people from taking extra turns. But when you sack it, or I mean, when it's destroyed and goes to your graveyard, you get to take an extra turn. So now <laughs> so you just sack it with him, create two treasure tokens, take an extra turn, and then it gets exiled. I mean, you could potentially do it twice if you use something like Pull from Eternity, because like I already have that in my Osgear deck. So if Ujin's Nexus gets exiled, I just pull from Eternity it back, taking three turns into my graveyard, and then like uh, just use something that returns an artifact uh, to my hand, and then play it again, take another turn. Yeah, see, <laughs> and and taking three turns and Commander back to back, that's that's pretty much game over. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. Uh, two turns is already like almost like oh man like three turns like uh, if you don't win on three turns like i i don't know i don't know what you're doing either you pulled a really bad seven hand opening hand or or i don't know um yeah i mean then then you got all like the i guess like the like all the stuff that creates stuff like triplicate titan worm coil engine phyrexian triniform like when they die they split into like three other things like Phyrexian Triniform creates uh, like three Phyrexian Golems, uh, and then Worm Coil Engine creates a Death Touch and a Life Linker uh, artifact Worm. Triplicate Titan turns into three different uh, uh, creatures when it splits. Uh, I can't remember. Let me look this up. Yeah, Triplicate Titan right here. When it, when it dies, you create a 3-3 golem artifact creature with flying, one with vigilance, and another with trample. And, I mean, these are nine, but, I mean, you're going to be generating so many treasure tokens. It's not out of the realm of possibility you're playing Triplicate Titan or, like, Phyrexian Triniform. And then not on, not only that, Phyrexian Triniform, uh, when you sack it, because you can sack it for treasure tokens... Uh, it has uh, Encore on it. So you could pay 12 more and create two token copies of Phyrexian Triniform. Or you basically create a token for each opponent. So you potentially create three of these, and then they all get sacked at the beginning of the next end step. But, I mean, if you have Thornbite Staff, then you just sack them, create six more treasures, <laughs> and then you're creating three, six, nine more golems. So in total, you're going to have 12 golems out. From Phyrexian Triniform, one rotation on the table. Yeah, that, that's that's a lot of mana, especially, you know, for uh, a three-cost commander. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of potential, a lot of ramp. It's just, uh, commander's getting fast. I mean, like, all these cards that are coming out, it's just, it's insane. Uh, I'm, I really like the MTG theme. It's just they added so much treasure stuff in the last few sets, man. Like, like Corvold was bad, and 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 now here we are. Like, Corvold, like I feel like that really started. Like, I think I think I think treasures, like the the uptick of treasures, really goes back to Throne of Eldraine. I feel like that's when it started getting like really pushed. I feel like that's when treasures really started getting pushed with all the the sack and like the treasure and everything. And every, every set since then has basically had a handful of cards that make treasures in some way, shape or form. Let's see here. What other stuff we got here coming out? This guy, the Raga Draga Gorgoritz boss, 
he basically he he can turn all of your mana dorks into actual like an army of stuff. Each creature you control with a mana ability gets plus two plus two. Whenever a creature you control with a mana ability attacks, untap it. Whenever you cast a spell, if at least seven mana was spent to cast it, untap target creature gets plus seven plus seven and gains trample until end of turn. So you basically can create like an army of mana dorks, and you're in green red. So I mean. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that's going to happen. I mean, uh, Descent into Avernus, too, is is another one of those enchantment cards. I believe it creates treasure tokens, too, or allows people to draw cards. Descent into Avernus? Uh, they, they actually made that a card, like, yeah. based off the campaign? Oh, yep, right here. Yep, yep. Descent into Avernus. At the beginning of your upkeep, put two Descent counters on it. Then each player makes X treasure tokens and deals X damage to each player where X is the number of descent counters on it. Yeah, so it just keeps increasing. And it's kind of a political card, but kind of also, you know, that would go really good in my my Lind deck, honestly. Because it, it's create, it's letting everyone create treasure tokens, but at the same time, it's also hurting them. Mm-hmm. So now they got to make the debate of on whether or not they want to destroy it or not. And it's an enchantment. There's already really like enchantments are already hard to kind of get rid of there's there's very i mean in in some color formats there there's quite a few enchantment removals but i feel like overall people aren't expecting to really having to to remove enchantments i I feel like they're probably gonna come out with more cards soon to to remove enchantments because uh there was that shrine commander that was like enchantment tribal oh yeah the go shintai of the five color one yeah yeah there's there's a lot more enchantment builds that are coming out that i've noticed like and and we'll kind of get in that later with with the commander that i want to talk about yeah the go shintai of life's origin uh where you can return enchantment card Mm -hmm. or or he gets uh he makes shrines and then depending on how many shrines you have and stuff like that this though the descent into avernus i didn't know about this like this is I feel like I personally, just to get the treasure token, I'd probably let it do damage to me probably like three turns because it's going to be two and then four and then six. So 12 damage. And then I'm going to make 12 or six treasure tokens. Yeah, I'm going to make two and then I'll make four. So yeah, I'll make 12. I'll make 12 treasure tokens during that time. I feel like I would let this stick around on somebody else's field. It's going to be nasty, though, if you have anything that amplifies damage from a red source. Yeah. Like, that triples damage from, like, a red source. This is going to... This this could easily kill people uh, if they weren't paying attention. And, and these backgrounds, like, it's kind of like they took, like, the partner mechanic that they had in Commander Legends 1... And now, instead of making all these partners, they just made these background commanders. Like, uh, it'll say, like, this guy right here, um, Jahira. Uh, I'm probably butchering that. I don't even know if that's how you say it. Uh, tokens you control have tap at a green. And then you choose a background. And, like, if you choose a background, for instance, uh, like what was just up there. Where did it go? It was up here like this dragon cultist four and a red legendary enchantment background commander creatures you own have at the beginning of your end step. If a source you control dealt five or more damage this turn, create a four, four red dragon creature token. So then essentially, if you have this, it, it also is like part of your commander. So it makes them red green. If depending on what color it is, yeah, like see this guy says, choose a background. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And this guy, Whenever you attack, if it's the first combat phase of the turn, untap all attacking creatures. They gain first strike until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase, and they choose a background. So, it, I don't, I don't really know. Like, it was super confusing when it came out because, like, uh, the word it says you can have a background as a second commander on them. So people were assuming that, like, oh, like if you use a background, it can just be a second command for any person so people were like brewing decks with like crazy stuff like a Traxa with red or um like 
stuff like that. That's that's the biggest example I know of where people were mistaking it as backgrounds could just be a second commander without having an ability. But it, it has came to light that it has to say choose a background on the card for you to choose a background. Oh, but we're going to take a break uh, and, take a, and you guys are going to hear a message from our sponsors and we'll be right back. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All righty. And we are back. So up next, we are going to be talking about Jake's commander. And I will let him announce that to you. Okay. So like I said in, in the beginning of the intro, I always kind of build around flavor and theme. And I've been a huge D&D uh, lore enthusiast and and uh, my commander that I'm excited for is uh, Mirkul Lord of Bones. Uh, Mirkul is is uh, by D and D lore. He is the Reaper. He is the God of Death. He is the original uh, undead patron that you know you would have if you wanted to become a necromancer or if you wanted to learn how the ways of lichdom. And I've always wanted to build a deck that kind of embodied that whole entire play style of what it is to be a Lich. Uh, Yes, the graveyard recursion could be one of those things, but in reality, a Lich is playing powerful spells. They're uh, staying alive for a long time. They're not dying. Um, They they make these plans that last, you know, eons, and, and they take forever to initiate those plans. So... You know, when I when I found out that this this commander, which the first part of it is, I mean, it's okay uh, as long as your life total is less or equal to half of the starting life total, which is twenty. It'd be twenty. Uh, Miracle Lord of Bones has indestructible, which is really nice um, for a commander that's that expensive. I mean, they're, they're, what you got white and black. There's ways to to make your life total go down uh, enough, like Bolas Citadel. Um, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that is a copy of that card, except it's an enchantment, and loses all other card types. Now, the importance to that is that creature cards are very easy to remove. Enchantments, like I said previously, are not. So the fact that these creature cards that have static effects becoming back... Uh, to the battlefield as enchantments makes it that much more harder to remove. And the insane part is, is even if it's like a legendary creature, it removes that. And if you have things like anointed procession or doubling season, you can actually make copies of those. So essentially you're, you're basically building a deck that has a lot of these static effects and you can do some really broken stuff with it um like for example um you could turn nyx bloom ancient into an enchantment and now all your lands do that uh the tap three for three extra mana yeah i mean it would be just an enchantment instead of an enchantment creature anymore yeah i mean basically any of the the mana dork creatures are going to be insane like elvish mystic like now you just got an enchantment that taps for green uh, or even on the more broken side, like Sanctum Weaver, where it taps for uh, one mana of any color, or X mana of any color, depending on how many enchantments you have. Like, filling up your board with all these enchantments, eventually that's just going to be insane. And, like, it's going to be so hard. It It's not necessarily super hard, but it's going to be much harder for people to remove those enchantments uh, 
than it is uh, to destroy a creature. And the crazy part is that because they're enchantments, they don't suffer from summoning sickness. So you literally put something out, sack it to something like a Viscerous Seer, and then it comes back as an enchantment, and now you can use it, like, immediately. Like, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane. And, like, stupidly, like, Devoted Druid, it comes out, you sack it, it comes back, and it still has the ability of putting a minus one, minus one counter on it to untap it, but because it's not a creature anymore, now you create infinite green mana. So it's a two-card combo for infinite green mana. And, and and I mean, there's there's other stuff beyond that, too. I mean, like, uh, you know, you could essentially, you know, you could play uh, Sylvan's Awakening to turn all your lands into creatures, and they're still considered lands at that point. And then you board wipe, basically, uh, destroying everything. And all those uh, land creatures are now enchantment lands, basically, and they can all immediately tap. So you could make all your mana float, cast a sorcery that, that turns your lands into creatures, blow everything up, and then now you have these enchantment lands that are hard to remove. Another one is, is the, and we all know the, uh, how bad it is. Um, even Cody, you know, disdains this card. But Opposition Agent, if, if that became, everyone is going to try to remove that card as soon as it hits the board. Um, again, creatures are very easy to remove, but once that becomes just an enchantment, now you have an enchantment that prevents tutoring. So and the crazy part is if they allow it to come out and they don't counter it and your commander's out and they don't blow up your commander first, then you the things coming back is an enchantment. So it's like they basically have to kill it once and then try a lot harder to kill it a second time without, if you don't take care of, uh, miracle first. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's pretty gnarly. Like I think I think there's a lot of people have been wanting an Abzan like enchantment deck almost for for a long time and I think I think this is now going to be like the default Abzan enchantment deck. Uh, I really feel like if if people are wanting an enchantment deck in these colors, uh Miracle is going to be like who they're choosing to make that deck. Yeah, and and the thing that makes me really excited about this commander, so like I was saying before, I really want to feel like a lich when I'm playing this. And you know, the the lich cards they're not really played in commander. They're they're not really played in commander. They're not very viable. They're just it's it's a little too risky to to do that. I like playing risky though because it's it's got flavor to it. It's an interesting strategy, and. When you combine white, green, and black, you can get combinations uh, like Delaying Shield, Phyrexian on Life, and Lich's Mastery. And if I had Platinum Angel turn into an enchantment, I now have the ability to set my life total to zero. Uh, all damage done to me is infect damage. I can't lose the game because of the Platinum Angel, and I can't lose because of Lich's Mastery. The crazy thing is is that if I can gain life too, uh, I get to draw cards. So if I can prevent actual damage hitting me and it's just infect damage, but I have static cards that allow me to gain life, then I can essentially avoid the whole sacrificing of permanence from Lich's Mastery, but I get the card draw from it. So it, it's very interesting. I'm still working on ideas and, you know, I'm, I'm on Moxville trying to, figure out how to make stuff kind of work. I feel like, you know, since it's got black, it's got to have the standard, you know, Bull of Citadel, Sensei's Divining Top, and Aether Flux Reservoir, obviously. But, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. It, it, it does have white-black in it. It's got lots of potential for life gain. Yeah, I mean, green, white, and black are all, like, the life gain colors. So, I mean, you could definitely build it as a geared towards life gain as, like, a life gain... Uh, like a sub theme. Uh, it's it's like this card is so crazy to me because like for instance like if you were to copy this thing and then sack the original to the to the legendary rule, then the original comes back as a enchantment that just has this ability on it. So now you have an enchantment copy of your commander with this ability on it. 
Oh yeah, it's just there. Yeah, and and I mean <clears throat> the the other thing is too, like I said before, with doubling season and um, an anointed procession, if you sacked all your lands, say you have you know ten lands out or twelve, and those all get blown up as creatures and they all come back. Now you have literally double the amount of mana. Like this, this literally can double your mana just from the ability that this one card has. Like the indestructible is cool, but I mean, like if you had Avacyn come out, I mean, it makes all yeah. your stuff indestructible. Anyways. It makes it all indestructible. Another crazy interaction is like in the new set, uh, New Capenna, they created the artifact Luxier Giada's Gif, uh, which basically it's a it's an artifact that you attach. Uh, to a planeswalker and it turns the planeswalker to a creature which makes it so you can so basically they can't be attacked directly anymore because they're a creature but they still have their loyalty abilities so if you sack a planeswalker while it's a creature because of luxier it's coming back as an enchantment with loyalty abilities <laughs> like it's not even a planeswalker yeah. it's just a, an enchantment with loyalty abilities that's not gonna die when it hits zero yeah, and and I think that's that's going to be the craziest part about it. And and it really does play into the flavor of Miracle because in lore Miracle is one of those things like like I said death is something that you want to avoid. And a lot of people are scared of the god of death because that he's he's going to come take you. They can almost imagine like as soon as you think about him you can personify him. So like it's it's terrifying to know that you have these things coming back and you can visually see what's happening to you, but there's really nothing that you can do to it. Now, uh, Cody pointed out that one thing that could shut down the deck incredibly bad is something like Cyclonic Rift because these are all tokens, so they would all be permanently exiled. And I mean, that's where you would have to like, I mean, it's got black in it, I would definitely try to tutor or at least have, you know, uh, Teferi's protection in place, like at, at like, the go. Always yeah, I said, like, you're definitely going to need Teferi's protection in this deck because the, if somebody tries to board wipe, all your stuff's permanently exiled. Like, yep. like, like if something board, can board wipe enchantments, yeah, you're in for a bad day because you're not getting that stuff back. Like, like it's all gone now uh, from it. It, it, which kind of sucks it which is kind of really the biggest downfall is because miracle costs so much well i mean i mean mind you you're in green so i mean ramp i mean potentially this dude's coming out on turn four maybe uh maybe turn three depending on the artifact and ramp that you've got uh if you got seven mana by turn three though like that's magical magical christmas land but yeah, I mean, any kind of board wipe that destroys enchantments is it's not going to be a good day. But again, luckily, you're in the colors where you can give your enchantments stuff like Shroud so that they can't be targeted at least. But like the blanket board wipes like destroy all enchantments or exile all enchantments or uh, board uh, like Cyclonic Rift bounce everything to your hand because they're getting bounced. They just cease to exist being tokens, which kind of sucks. I mean, that's really the biggest downfall is the mana cost and the ability to just permanently exile all this stuff that you just created, basically. I believe there is an enchantment out there, though, where uh, it's an instant, or not an enchantment, it's an instant that allows you to um, take two enchantments and and basically bounce them out and then bounce them back in. And uh, I think if you were to do that with, um, with like your main commander and say like Platinum Angel, when it's in the enchantment form, mm-hmm. um, well, uh, I mean, it, you, I guess it would prevent you from losing the game, but you would have to start back from square one. Well, I guess it depends. Like if they phase out, yeah. If it exiles them, they're not going to come back because they're tokens, and as soon as they see the exile, they're gone, like forever. So it would have to be phasing. Oh like, yeah, that's right. Cause, yeah, because it's it's tokens. Never mind then. Yeah. See that that's my that's my brain in motion as I, I I think about it really hard and then I forget about the simple details. But I mean, like there there's a lot of things that you can definitely do. I mean, you could even run it as like an infect deck if you wanted to. Like, because if you had Yogmoth in it, you can proliferate. 
um, that's a big deal, especially when you know you're dealing with things that uh, deal infect damage. Um, all, all you'd have to do is ping everyone once, and then now you have Yogmoth, which is a sacrifice engine. So now you can now you have something to sack all your creatures and stuff, and and it's you can do it as many times as you want. Um, and you can also discard cards, and then you can proliferate. So it, it's a very powerful commander, in my honest opinion. And I think it's been the commander that I've been waiting for for a very long time. Um, I'm kind of excited to see what what exactly I want to do with it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that this is probably one of the more powerful Abzan commanders we've seen in like a long time. And I think we're probably going to see it a lot, just because it's so... It's so new, like it. It's. I feel like a lot of people are gonna like it. A lot of people. I mean, enchantments are already a really popular theme, and like now being able to like effectively play them in these colors, I feel like we might see a lot of these decks. Uh, again, it's it's not being a seven CMC commander. Like it, it's probably gonna be like max maybe seven or an eight maybe. It, it, you're gonna see it at like those uh, mid power, mid to low high power. Uh, decks is it's going to be good but again just anything that has targeted removal or mass board wipes is like an immediate shutdown or if you counter the commander now now it costs nine for them yeah like, it's, it's just, very expensive very expensive commander yeah it's just it, 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 it can be nasty i mean i feel like the way to go with this thing is stacks up early like use all the creatures that or and enchantments that like you're gonna stack them with uh, like stuff like they can't cast spells on your turn or uh, they can only cast spells from their hand or they have to pay an X amount to attack you. Like if you Ghostly stack prison, yeah, yeah, if you stack them out, it stacks them out early. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's the way you're going to have to go with this to make it basically impossible for people to disrupt your board state. You know what? I just, I just realized something. The amount of times that I have complained to you about how bad like how overpowered green is Mm -hmm. and how I refuse. I abnormally refuse to build decks with green in it because I just, I do not feel good about how powerful it is. This is the (laughs) first commander where I'm like, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing to pull out my uncommon lands. I'm willing to build a deck with green in it because it's just that cool of a card. I, I, in my honest opinion, I mean, uh, that's really, that's really what it's about, to be honest. Though, like, uh, it's what I think. What that's what we're missing again. Like, this is seven CMC commander, and like I was saying earlier, like I, I miss the days of the big commanders. So, like, I, I I like seeing people playing and building these big these big cost commanders because uh, a lot of time I feel like I'm going to see something cool happening. <laughs> what do you think? I yeah, that's I mean, like I said, like. The, the whole flavor of it is, is you know, feeling like you're a lich and like, you know, you, you're you enacting this big plan and you're going to have this grandiose, like, finish at the end of it. Like, uh, something that we were talking about, there was, um, there was a creature where you sack uh, uh, another creature and you do X amount of damage according to its power and toughness. And, uh, um... Oh, what was it? It was, uh, it was the green black creature that's XX, and it's the power and toughness of all cards in all graveyards. So if you sack that, you're basically doing like a good sixty damage to all players. Like that, that could be a win con, or um, you could also, you know, like I said, you could do infect, or you could just do straight up stacks and uh, do a combo to where like you're totally untouchable. And now everyone's just playing for second place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that you could do with it. Uh, I, I feel like it's very versatile. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we said, like you're either going to want stacks people, or I feel like you're going to build like high ramp in this, like lots of mana dorks uh, that uh, that you're going to ramp with, and so that when your commander comes out, you can just start sacking them and making enchantment mana dorks that don't have summoning sickness and. Stuff that's going to trigger when enchantments enter the battlefield is what is a lot of stuff that you you want stuff that anytime enchantment enters the battlefield, 
blah, X X happens, whatever happens when a champion enters the battlefield. Thought render lame, yeah. Doomweak Giant, you know, that's a constant board wipe or constant discard. There's actually a, a card like Devoted Druid that's actually black. Huh. And every time you do a minus one, minus one counter on it, um, each player has to discard a card. Um, I can't quite remember what it is. But uh, it's it's a it's a black card. Um, but yeah, now you have like an infinite discard. You could just make people constantly discard their entire hand every turn. Let me see here. Um, I don't know. Let me see if if I can find it. But yeah, I mean. I, I don't know like I think I think this is gonna be like I said it's gonna be good uh it's gonna be really good and I'm excited to see your build of it I'm excited to see what it looks like when it's finished because Same. I want to see you splashing some black in that uh Osgear deck I think that'd be really yeah I, I'm kind of in because like because I played Brea for a long time and I took it apart because I just felt like it was super powerful which I turned that basically into Osgear when Osgear came out. And Osgear still, in just red and white, is super powerful. Uh, like, the amount of value you get off of Osgear, like, <laughs> I outvalue the table a lot of the time. And then, like, there's the times where I Mycosynth and then Vandal Blast and blow up everybody's stuff. See, now that, that's that's something that I, I do not like. <laughs> He he doesn't like Mind Slaver. I don't like Vandal Blast. I mean, it takes a lot of setup because Mycosynth has to be out, turning everybody's stuff into artifacts, and then you're going to be blowing everything up. Uh, it, it's more of like a game ender. It's not something I'm going to do super early on. Uh, I just love Osgear and the fact that I can make token copies for free of like my Mana Crypt or my Lotus Petal or any of my uh, Chrome Mox or Mox Opals, stuff like that. Anything else you you want to talk about on uh, on your uh, commander uh, on Miracle? Yeah, I'm trying to trying to figure out exactly which card it was. Um, oh, yeah, Baritan Medic. It's it, there's a white card, uh, minus one minus one counter. Prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to the target creature or player this turn. And then there's Cinder Haze Witch, which. Uh, puts a minus one minus one count, uh, counter on it and it untaps it and then target player discards a card so you could infinitely make people discard a card um, it, it it's it would be very degenerate I would say to, uh -huh. to, to do that because oh, yeah. you're essentially just not allowing people to play the game oh man you put something but, like that and then you put like tear grid in there and like just steal all their stuff yeah infinite discard yep and then That's when gross. it and then when it like dies it. yeah and then when all your stuff dies you're making copies <laughs> of everything everyone else has and it's enchantments and it gets out of control I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that at all. Yeah, that's not something I would put in there because I don't feel good about doing stuff like that, but it is something that you could do. Something I forgot to mention back on my commander is, like, whereas Ozgear, I want stuff to stay in my graveyard because I'm going to be, like, cloning it, essentially. With Jan Jansen, all I care about is that it's dying. So you could use something like Cauldron of Eternity, where basically when a card would go to your graveyard, you put it on the bottom of your library instead. So now you're just sacking stuff. And instead of it going to your graveyard, you're just putting it back on your library. And you just keep doing that. And then you're making, if you have like Academy Manufacturer, you're making clues. So you can just keep drawing through your deck eventually. So it's you pretty crazy. It's an anti-mill deck. That's interesting. Heck yeah, man. Uh, but before we move on to our next topic, we're going to take another break and hear another message. From our sponsors. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All righty, and we are back again. Uh, so I think to to finish up the show today... Uh, I guess I should just ask you, what are your, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Baldur's Gate set? Like in terms of, I guess, what you like, uh, like in terms of your like level of the cards and how well you think it sticks to like actual like D&D lore and stuff like that, I guess I should ask. <clears throat> Honestly, I love that uh, Wizards has been integrating a lot of uh, D&D-esque kind of stuff to it and that they are actually keeping you know from what i can see from these cards that they have been releasing in this next set for baldur's gate um they're they're actually keeping the theme of these cards pretty close um in my opinion uh i know a couple other people have said that they've been disappointed by like um el minister or, yeah, thinking he should be more powerful and stuff because he's more powerful in the, in D and D lore and stuff like that. Yeah, and that, that's true. He is a very powerful wizard, but I mean, you also have, you know, uh, you people got to realize that dragons in D and D are also considered, you know, wizards. They're considered sorcerers, and and they can, you know, uh, make themselves look like humans. You have Halister, which is the Mad Mage. He he literally builds a dungeon with like. Tons of 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 stories down. You have uh, a Serac, which is a lich, and he's literally an interdimensional being that collects the most deadliest things and made a dungeon specifically just to kill people. Um, I mean, the, I, I feel like as we get closer to Baldur's Gate, which in my opinion, Baldur's Gate is like my favorite part of D anD. Um, I grew up playing Baldur's Gate. Um, a lot of things that I have ever done with D&D has been Baldur's Gate. I've been wanting to run the Descent into Avernus. We mentioned that earlier. That's yeah. why I was, like, surprised to see that enchantment. I was like, oh! I'm actually kind of excited for, like, all the gate, like, theming, like, uh, little gate, haha, Baldur's Gate stuff that they're adding. Because, like, that new gate, uh, like I mentioned before, it basically makes yeah, the Gone Gate, gate to control, enter the battlefield untapped. And, it, and it's an uncommon, and it itself doesn't enter the battlefield tap. That basically, like, now you're free, like, you're, you're making D&D so much faster for people that can't afford, like, these crazy dual lands. Because now you can just go out and buy, like, a, yeah. a whole horde of gates for whatever deck you want that you're, that you're running, uh, that you're running gates on, however many colors you run in the deck, you, however many gates you need for that, uh, for that uh, color pairing. But... Now, now you're just making gates that don't enter the battlefield tap. Like, Gone Gate, add one man of any color that uh, uh, a gate you control could produce. And then Baldur's Gate, which is adds a, uh, X mana, where X is the number of gates you control. So, like, in a five-color deck, like, you've just cheapened the mana bases of five-color decks by easily tenfold. Like, that used to be the crazy expensive part of making a five-color deck. And now... You basically run all ten gates or whatever. I feel like though gate cards, like gate land cards, are going to start skyrocketing in price. I don't, that, I, I don't know if they'll skyrocket in price just because of how common they were in all four of the Ravnica sets. I mean that that may be true, but I mean once they start seeing that basically dual lands, you can have like a bunch of different dual lands now that come in untapped. That that's going to open up a whole avenue, and I feel like five color decks, especially, are going to become more common. Um, well, I mean, I I think that's good because I think that that was a lot of people's hesitation of building four and five color decks is the mana base. Like even three color, like you're already pushing into the expensive realm of what a mana base is, and uh, then like four and five, like once you get up to five, like if you want it to run efficiently, like you're spending. Like half your budget, uh, half to I'd say three fourths your budget is probably going to your mana base for yeah. that deck alone. And as somebody that has a five color deck, 
like my mana base is stupid expensive just because of wanting it to run efficiently. That's that's kind of why I'm, I'm like I'm excited for that because I know later on in the year they're going to be more than likely introducing Phyrexians again and I've been wanting to do a five color Phyrexian tribal like I want to so bad. So that that definitely which wizards if you're listening right now make more four color commanders please we need more four color commanders i yeah i mean they've only done one cycle of actual four color commanders like there's a nephilim that people like uh rule zero as commanders but there's only been one commander cycle of actual four color commanders uh atraxa uh the the what is it the red white green blue brothers of like uh it's uh they're from theros um there's uh brea and uh what what's her name uh she's like black green red white and basically whenever you attack uh it also does damage to another player uh, you basically do damage to two people, and she does the damage. Uh, as far as I, I'm aware, yeah. Uh, Saskia, uh, when it enters the battlefield, choose a player. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, deals that much damage to the chosen player. And I mean, I, I know that we got partner commanders and everything, but it's just not. It's not the same, you know. Like if we if we had like just a a, a classic one card commander that's four colors, I think it would open up like an avenue of you know a lot of a lot of different things um especially like oh yeah yidris is the other one i forgot where it deals coming to a player as you cast spells from your hand this turn the game cascade oh yeah that would be i didn't know that one existed yeah and then i guess i guess the most recent one is like omnath that's the only other four color commander that they've reprinted out uh, I, I i completely forgot about omnath because uh yeah back in zendikar rising they printed four color Omnath, and that's really the first four color commander that they've printed since uh, Commander Sixteen, basically, which is insane. And I mean, Atraxa is probably the most popular of those that set. Yeah, but we all know how super, how that goes. It's either super friends or in fact fifty fifty chance. Yeah, Atraxa is a kill on sight commander. Yep, it don't it don't last very long. I do gotta say, my my final thing that I'm excited for for this upcoming uh, set is the alternative art for a lot of this stuff. The the alternative oh, yeah. art, the D and D art is super. Uh, I I love the D and D art cards because like it's like they took it right out of the book, like right off the page of like D and D. Like when you're looking through like the like the monster guide or like the dungeon master's guide, like oh this is. This is mere cool. And like, yeah, now they're throwing it on a card and you're like, this is I'm playing with this guy. Like, check out this art. Or you're like opening up an old dusty tomb and it's like a picture that somebody had drawn of it. You know, it's like it's actually making you feel more immersive as, you know, that wizard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's so it's super cool. I, I but, like. The yeah. Like, look at this. Look at the Jan Jansen art here. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jeff D twenty twenty one is I'm assuming that's who yeah that's the guy that did the art for it Mahadi Emporium Master I really love the the art uh, I, I I wish I didn't I unfortunately didn't really buy that much of the uh, the D and D first D and D set that they came out with the Adventures in Forgotten Realms. I didn't. I didn't really buy very much of those the, those booster boxes or anything. I didn't either. I didn't, I I think I seen a couple though that were kind of. I mean, I, I guess that was during the time where I had kind of slowed down on buying magic cards because uh, <laughs> I'd been buying like a lot because especially with like Modern Horizons two, and like, I bought a lot of my Modern Horizons two just because of all the cards that came in it, and so like uh, that was really what I was saving for. Uh, so I didn't really buy any of the D&D set prior to Modern Horizons 2 coming out or anything like that. Just because money, money, the money. ever the ever growing struggle of money. <laughs> I, I think that's like my my only complaint about 
uh, Magic right now is just how volatile the card market is. Like cards skyrocket up in price and then they decline super fast. Unfortunately, like a lot of it is dictated by like standard and modern and like uh, the sixty Very card like the competitive formats because like as soon as somebody posts online like oh this deck is cracked like oh like we're taking it all the way to the 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 gp like uh like all those cards are going to skyrocket like whatever like the the key cards are they're going to go up yeah i i remember the day where i was playing standard like a degenerate i'm uh, i i hate to say it like that but i was i was running the mono black cat witches oven deck and and i I don't know. I, I look back on that and I'm like, wow, man, like I, I became the very thing that I hated. <laughs> like it was it was too bad. It was it just started getting to me. And then not only that, but standard mm-hmm. actually gets way more expensive than commander because I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I got really annoyed about was always like cycling cards out. And then, like, every time I turn around, like, some card that I was playing with would, like, get banned or something. Cycles and, out. Yeah, and or it cycles out. And then, like, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the card shop tonight. And you're like, and you've been playing Arena all day at your house because you're like, I just want to play Magic. And then you go to the card shop and you're like, oh, sweet guy, you're playing the deck that I've played against, like, 60 times on Arena today. Because, <laughs> like, everybody's net decking like crazy. And that's honestly, outside of CEDH, like, honestly, that's probably my favorite thing about Commander is, like, you could take two decks of the same Commander, and unless, like, there's very specific circumstances, like, they only do, like, a certain thing, most of the time, they're going to be different. Yeah. Like, almost all the time, they're going to be completely different on how they play or how the person plays it. And, And that's another thing is it really boils down to, like, who's playing the deck, like, yeah, this dude could have like all original dual lands, like underground sea, and just like, uh, just all all these things, all the and, boxes, and they could literally be the worst player on the planet, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah, that and that's the other thing too. That the uh, going back to your first episode, you know, when when someone my advice is is that when someone says, "Hey, my my deck is a power level seven, I would be like, "Okay, do you mostly play competitive or do you play casual?" And that will kind of tell you because the thing is, is that, uh, you know, the person that got me back into Magic, he's been playing since Magic first came out. And he's been working on a mono black deck that's his special little baby for that entire time. I mean, it's an expensive deck. He has, you know, the the Candle Bros. He's got the black, the original Black Lotus. I mean, he's got expensive stuff in there. And, uh you know, he tells people that he it, it's a level nine deck, you know, but he warns them, too. He's like, listen, this deck, I've had it for a very long time. It I I purposely misplay things so I can just kind of have fun with it because that's the whole point of commander, like misplaying lands and stuff like that with that powerful of a deck. It, it really does kind of, you know. If, if you've got the competitive deck at the table and that's all you got, make misplays. It's okay to do that. Like, it's it's fine to nerf yourself and, and just have fun with it, you know? And honestly, if 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 people are coming, like, on a casual night, then, uh, and, and they're saying, like, oh, my deck is this power level. Uh, from, and from my experience, especially playing CEDH and in CEDH tur- uh, tournaments, like, the the average player doesn't have an actual grasp of what actual power levels are. Like you could add a couple cards to a precon and just blow their precon out of the water, and they're gonna think, "Oh man, he's playing CEDH because he's playing uh, he's playing a couple faster cards." Or, yeah. "Oh man, that thing's gotta be a nine. When in reality, you're actually like sitting at like a six or a seven, and they ha- they just don't have a grasp on the the actual power level scale. It, I, I don't really agree with the power level scale. It's very subjective. Unless you're in CEDH, those are the most powerful decks, obviously, that are going to be played. Uh, but if somebody sits down and they're like, oh, my my deck's like a power level whatever, and if they're okay with it, just be like, well, do you mind if I look through your deck? And then just kind of just kind of browse through it, just see what they're playing with. Uh, and, and I guess gauge your own mind. Kind of like how I said last week where 
this guy said that he lost 13 times in a row, but then he busts out a leveler and like uh, just re- uh, that demon that makes you sack everything because you attack with it. As soon as soon as that guy said that he only had one proxy in his deck, and then he like follows it up before anyone can answer, and he's like, "I, I, I have the card in my my binder. If you want to take a look at it, I feel like he was projecting so hard, like <laughs> like he was trying to make it sound like, no, 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 man, you don't have to show us." And then he pops out Will of Fortune, and I'm like, "Yeah, I like I don't a turn, know. turn I don't two know. or a turn three Will of Fortune. I, I don't even remember." <laughs> <laughs> but like, like when it, when somebody goes and grabs like hill carver demon leveler and uh what is it like the the soul gorger org like right off the bat with a buried alive you're just like well <laughs> this game's about over because well town just... bullies is like a four mana commander like you'd easily bring that out on turn two easily yeah you get, uh or turn three maybe yeah you might be able to get it out turn two, depending on uh, artifact and ramp spells. If you had the right cards, anyways, or if you, you know, had an arcane signet and soul ring in your hand. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you could like if you had a two mana of two different colors, a soul ring, and an arcane signet. Yeah, you could get it out turn one. Yeah, but then you would need stuff to fill up your graveyard, which I mean, what is it? Entomb. I think Entomb. Buried costs alive. One. Entomb costs one, doesn't it? I think it does. Yeah, or persist, return, or no, reanimate, victimize. Unmarked grave. Search your library for a non-legendary card. Put that card in your graveyard, and then shuffle. Like most of these are not are gonna be non legendary. Yeah. And that's two. Buried Alive is three. That's what I'm saying, dude. When this dude did that on turn four, I was just like Really, bro? Yeah. <laughs> and the the thing that bugged me about it was that we specified that we were playing casual beforehand. Like we weren't playing anything crazy. Oh, it's just uh I guess know who you're playing with. Uh if if somebody that is at the card shop or your LGS and they do that like every time that you ever play with them uh, and you're, and you're just not having fun. I'd recommend either one talking to them and if they don't take it well, then just stop playing with them because the point of commander is to have fun and to be able to play the game and people like that, uh, they don't really care. They just care about winning. And so my response is go play CEDH if you care about winning because commanders about having fun. And I mean, you can care about winning, but your main objective should be to have fun in casual commander. Yeah, I mean, like my curse deck, it, I know for a fact it's not going to win. I, I know that nine times out of ten, it's not going to win. But you know what? It's really fun to see how the interactions with curses work. And uh, you, I, I actually found out a way to make it very political because you can remove curses at any time and return them back to yourself. And you're kind of gambling you know, with that whole entire thing. And you can, you know, you can play the political game with Grixis, which is unusual. So it, it's all about, you know, flavor, man. It's all about flavor. It's all about having fun, seeing what kind of janky stuff you can do. Yeah, I'm really excited because, like, for the games we're going to be playing tomorrow, like, I haven't really ever built, like, a political deck per se. So that's why I've been working on this Tivit uh, voting deck. I'm really excited to play this I, tomorrow and get people, I want to vote. and I get want to and vote. get people voting. Like we're because we're gonna have like at least four or five of us and like getting people voting. Like it's gonna be fun. Like uh, seeing people vote and seeing how they're voting and like uh, I think it's gonna be a fun deck. Just to like play in, in like group settings where I can be like, all right, we're all gonna vote for this thing. The like, thing that vote for this scares me though is like I want to be the oppositionist at the table, but I am scared because that one time I wheel of misfortune. Oh yeah, and I just did a random number generator <laughs> and I did like ninety two thousand seven hundred and fifty three, and I died. <laughs> I was it like, okay, I I won't do that no more. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun because like there's a lot of. Not only are there a lot of political cards per se in here, there's a lot of like, um, I guess, political in the way of like giving people stuff like scheming symmetry. Like I can choose somebody else 
other than myself when we both get to go look for a card. Yeah. And like stuff like that. Or a secret rendezvous. You, you and target opponent each draw three cards. Uh, Minds aglow, where starting with you, each player can pay any amount of mana. Each player draws X cards, where X is the total amount of mana paid this way. So it gets to go around the whole table, and everybody gets to pay a little bit of mana. And then we get to draw that many cards. I, I could see that again. A little out of control, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see what happens. It'll be fun. But it's getting late, man, you know, so we're going to wrap this up. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Be f- Feel free to check me out on Instagram uh, and Facebook. Again, Instagram and Twitter is at DarthCody94. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, you guys have a good one. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.